This episode is brought to you by United Airlines. What's new with United? New and redesigned planes with things like larger overhead bins with room for everyone's roller bag, power outlets at every seat, screens at every seat, and the ability to connect your Bluetooth headphones to those screens. Plan your trip today at united.com or on their award-winning app. This amount is an estimated average of current aircraft delivery schedules. Final delivery schedule subject to change. Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. When life gets busy, you grind, you push, you reach for a stick of Liquid IV powder. It hydrates you two times faster than water alone, so you can crush goals and your to-do list. Because real life is extreme enough. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Buy a stick in store or at liquidiv.com with the code podcast for 20% off your order. Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and I have a wonderful guest with us today, and I know that we are going to learn a lot from him. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you guys to Dr. Mark Tagger, who is an MD. He is the CEO of San Diego-based ChangeWell Incorporated, which is an organization that trains and coaches certified nutritionists, licensed estheticians, and other healthcare practitioners um, so that they can enhance their craft. So welcome, Dr. Tager. I'm so honored to be hosting you. I can't <laughs> wait to pleasure. learn from you. Yeah. Oh, I think we should have some fun. Let's, uh, yeah. Fire yeah. away. Let's get started. Absolutely. No, I would love to uh, start off by just learning about you. You know, I want to learn about how you got into medicine and then how you went, you know, how and why you went, the you know, the nutrition route and then the book and all the good stuff. So I would love to hear the <laughs> the walk down memory lane. You could say. Uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll try to compress a long memory lane into a short one. <laughs> uh, okay. But, you know, so I started out in medical school at Duke and we didn't have any nutrition education. And I was one of the, I started the first nutrition training class for medical students. And it's really, a, a, it's a shame because the average traditional allopathic physician gets about 19 hours of nutrition education throughout their entire experience. There's, there's just not enough of that. And we, we know that so many of the conditions that practitioners see are nutritionally related. So my my work has been in, in two camps. Uh, one is I've been kind of a leader in the wellness movement starting very early on and integrative functional approaches for which so much is lifestyle based. And then the second part of that, and probably the last 20 years, I've been pretty heavily involved with aesthetics. We created a company called the Fraxel that made the Fraxel laser. And so we revolutionized wow. how skin care, how skin rejuvenation is done. So what I've been able to do in this last book, this is my 11th, and it's called Feed Your Skin Right, 
is try to pull together the what I've learned from integrative functional work and what I've learned from aesthetics to answer four questions. These are the same four questions that I am always asked by everyone. What should I eat? What supplements should I take? What topicals should I apply? And what procedure should I have? And uh, most of the folks want a simple answer and I give them one, it depends. And uh, the book is what it depends upon and what you can do to really craft a personalized approach for your well-being and your radiant skin. I love that. I love that you said it's a, such a simple answer. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we write books about it, right? <laughs> no, but you know what? You said you said something so, so um, accurate. And I really hope somebody is listening in that s- seems to sit on, you know, uh, a committee for medical education because you're right. You know, nutrition is not taught even you know, when I was in med school, it was like not even heard of, you know, even then. And it was like, I mean, you kind of had some courses, but it's like you learn what vitamin B is, you know, you learn about folate, you learn about, you know, these, just the general stuff. And it was never ever about how our carbs broken down, how are, you know, how are nutrients utilized in your body. So I find your work to be extremely um, at the center of so much. That's, that's truly, you know, what it is. And um, I would love for you to actually talk to us about the books, because I know that you, you mentioned the 11th one, the most recent one, but really, when did you decide that you wanted to, you know, become an author and then put this down, you know, in writing, um, how, what, what routes did you take, you know, when you know that you wanted to educate? Yeah. Those are, yeah. those are some different questions. Um, so, uh, you know, each one of us really has to figure out what our superpower is. And yeah. um, for me, you know, I was a clinician, I was seeing a lot of patients one-to-one, uh, but I had set up actually a, 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 an institute for preventive medicine in Portland, Oregon, way back in the seventies. Um, and then I went on to Kaiser Permanente, where I helped them uh, create their health promotion programs for business and in, in industry. And I, I started writing a newspaper column and started doing some radio and TV things. And then I guess I realized at some point that my my skill set, which is really the ability to organize, clarify, and uh, disseminate take complicated messages and make them simple for people. My skills were better one to many than one to one. And uh, I guess once I realized that, I realized that I sort of had more of a mandate to take those skills and um, help shape communities and help shape groups of people where I could make the, the biggest impact. Um, There are many great clinicians and I know so many and I send people to them, but my work is more at this point in my career, in my life, more about trying to reach larger groups um, who can take a message and run with it. You know, I, I, I teach a lot of, I do a lot of work teaching presentation skills as well. And I've trained oh hundreds and hundreds of doctors. And what amazes me is that, You know, we get up on a stage or we get on video or we're on a podcast and you never know when the words that you speak, the images that you show, the exercises that you take people through will resonate within them to create a new possibility in their minds and hearts. And that's what we do. That's that's what the, the best healers do in a lot of ways. Sure. We tell you whether you need this much B12 or that much B12 or this much folate, et cetera. 
But what we really try to do is create a, um, a, a resounding message of possibility in the minds and hearts of others, and then support them on a journey to lifestyle and wellness. Now, you know, as a quote unquote, a wellness practitioner, I mean, and there's so many of us who identify with, with that. I think of that wellness as this great big waiting room that we're trying to get people into to help them reach optimal health. And there are doors into this waiting room. One of the biggest doors, excuse me, my my computer just dinged up. I will shut it up. My <laughs> computer. Yeah. One of the greatest, the biggest doors is the door of appearance. And you know, you can use the term vanity, but it really is the inner re, the outer reflection of the inner glow. Um, for for beauty within. And I think that that drives a lot of folks. And so we don't ever want to discount that, the skin being the largest organ in the body um, and the importance yeah. that people pay, particularly now these days, looking at yourself at Zoom all day long. So uh, that's kind of been my approach and, and my, my skill set and gift, I think. I love that. I mean, I love that you um, said what you said, which is, you know, that you're you had to identify where your strengths were and your gift was. And I think that that's something that a lot of, you know, young professionals, even, you know, my colleagues, I, I notice everywhere, right? Every group, um, age group, whatnot, people have a hard time doing that. You know, there's a lot of creators out there these days. And that's really why I'm bringing this, you know, shining a light on this specific point that you made, because there's a lot of people out there that are creating content, they're, you know, on social media, they're doing things, and that's wonderful. But I think that it's very important to always find the best outlet, you know, for yourself, because oftentimes your message might get, you know, missed or overlooked, um, you know, if, if you're going down a road that's too cluttered, you know, if there's too many people around you that are speaking, I mean, I just see this happen so often, you know, I see it like, I'll find like a new TikTok person, right? And they're great. And they're wonderful. Their content's great. But then you see so many others, you know, that are doing the same thing. And it's like, you don't even have a chance to understand what they're speaking about. So I think it's very important to really pay heed to what you said. Now, as far as nutrition goes, I agree with you in what you said, and, you know, in the aspect that um, we do care a lot about the way we look. It's just human nature, right? I mean, sure. that's who we are. And it's, it's part of being, you know, human. But I think also there's this need for instant gratification in all of us. And I think um, appearance is a really great example of that. You know, it's like, if you can see it, that's, instant, that's satisfying one of your senses instantly. So I think um, with nutrition, I've always found it to be very interesting when you would see a fad diet, right, in social media or on the news. And the reason people were following this diet was because, for example, it would reduce bloating overnight. Why? Because they probably like <laughs> cut out carbs, you know what I mean? Or they cut out yeah. they cut out soda or something, or they were drinking vinegar or whatever. And they would really, everybody would gravitate towards it because that instant gratification, you know? Oh my gosh, my bloating went away. Okay, that means I'm losing weight. No, it doesn't. You know, that means that something like excess water went away. So I'd love for you to speak on that a little bit more is this idea of instant gratification and how that plays into the, you know, the habits and the choices that we make as individuals when it comes to sure. our nutrition. Sure. Yeah. So, um, 
You know, I am a fan of intelligent supplementation for lots of reasons. We don't have the nutrients in the soil. The vegetables come to us and sit on shelves in supermarkets in which they are being oxidized and the vitamin C is, is, is going out into the, the ether. Um, we, we eat quickly. We don't get enough fruits and vegetables. Um, we, people eat a lot of processed foods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, in, we do want the quick fix, uh, losing weight is an example, but supplements can be as well. And, and, you know, the emphasis on quality skin has to begin with a great diet. I'll talk about a few of those ingredients, but the point is, and and I would say this to you know all when I was seeing patients, I, I'm not now, but I would say, you know what, I can't out supplement your crappy diet. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. There's no <laughs> supplements I can give you that that are gonna that are gonna magically take over. You know all the and improve the destruction that you do from certain <laughs> foods that you eat. Now, you know, right. it's simple and complicated at the same time, because, you know, you really want to choose food that kind of looks like food and isn't processed and packaged. So much of what we eat, the sad diet, the standard American diet has to do with the amount of sugar, uh, number one, I mean, that's, we have this process called glycation. And when sugar attaches to a protein, it changes its structure and function. And when we have that in attaching to heme and in, in the hemoglobin molecule, that's A1C, and that changes that molecule. And we pick that up in the bloodstream. Well, the same thing happens with um, excess sugar and collagen. Uh, when excess sugar through the process of glycation, binds to collagen, it creates brittleness in the skin. And we see that reflected in fine lines and crepiness. So, um, you know, that's one process. And also it's in inflammatory. We get these things called advanced glycation end products, which are inflammatory, basically. We really have, you know, in the processed foods that we eat, we, we just don't get enough. We get way, way, way too much of the omega-6s that uh, and not enough of the omega threes, the, the really good healthy um, fats. I mean, we need fats. You, if you, I've seen people who've cut fat out of their diet totally, and they look like wizened prunes. I mean, they left yellowish, sallow skin that doesn't look like it's very healthy. So we need, you know, good healthy fats to maintain this barrier protection. You know, the skin is really designed to keep hydration in to keep good stuff in. So um, this importance of some of these, these essential fatty acids and the ceramides, which is another category of things in food, um, vitamin E, these contribute to this healthy skin barrier. And we, we speak so much to leaky gut. Everybody knows, oh, leaky gut. Well, there's leaky skin as well. So you want to maintain that, that skin barrier integrity. So I think these food choices, so we want to go very quickly. And, uh, you know, this is also reflected, obviously, in the, in the movement for getting hyaluronic acid injected in places where you need volume. And that's an immediate you know, pickup. Um, some of the superficial treatments for the skin, um, 
some of the laser treatments. But I think I, I, what I try to do in the book, and you know, again, I, I come from a, um, a device background as well for many years, to, to point out that there are a number of injections and a number of devices. And what you want to try to do from a, 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 a feed your skin right perspective is to select those that are biostimulatory. So, you know, today people gobble down, they eat all this collagen powder and these bioactive collagen peptides. And, and they kind of have this misguided impression that if I eat all this, it's going to go right to my cheeks and my and fix this sagging that's in my cheeks, uh, et cetera. And that's just not the way it works. But the process whereby we intentionally <clears throat> wound the body, we wound the skin, we, we hit it with some heat or uh, um, radio frequency is a heat or a laser, or we do micro needling or we do hit it with ultrasound, but we, we wound it. It's a controlled wound. And what that does in the body is it says, hey gang, mobilize all of these, uh, send these amino acids that we need to rebuild the collagen. That's a process called collagen remodeling. Get those stem cells kicking and start making new, vibrant, healthy cells. Start recruiting all the minerals and the vitamins that we need as the cofactors for these for these reactions. Example, now you can have all the collagen peptides you want, okay? And there's three key ones, but if you don't have enough vitamin C, if you don't have enough iron, you're not going to make really good, healthy collagen. So right. I, I, I think the point there is that, you know, diet first, um, you know, for example, if you're eating enough, if you eat meat, you're, you are getting all the amino acids pretty, uh, and assuming that you can digest the meat, you can break it down. And, and some people, by the way, as they age, I, I make a big case for older people taking digestive enzymes to break down the, the proteins and the carbohydrates and the fats and getting enough hydrochloric acid because so many of the vitamins, <clears throat> by the way, require that that acidic environment as well, but we need to break those down. So I'm taking a little sip of my coffee here just a second. I'm actually a huge fan of digestive mm. enzymes. I'm so glad yeah. you brought that up. Yeah. I use them myself, but I have Hashimoto's. And yes. when I first, when I first realized that it was also leading to like metabolic issues, I started taking digestive enzymes, which by the way, for everyone listening, the ones I used, I don't know, uh, Dr. Tagger, maybe you could recommend better ones to me, but the ones I use are derived from like papaya fruit, you know, and like um, just things that are actually naturally occurring within, you know, uh, the vegetable realm, I guess, of, <laughs> of things. <laughs> And um, they help me a lot, you know what I mean? Even with my Hashimoto's and and sure. then downstream with like energy levels or whatnot. So I, yeah. I hear you when you say that. Yeah, I'm on the scientific advisory board of two companies whose products I, I really, really appreciate and like, and they're, they're great products. One of them is a company called Enzymedica, and they have the leading digestive aid. It's called Digest Gold. And it's uh, it's essentially all you know vegetarian sources, and it also has the cellulase in it, which also breaks down some of the cellulose that people have, and they can aid that. And the other one is, excuse <clears throat> me, a company called Neurohacker, and they make a uh, number of great products. But one of them is called Qualia Skin, 
and it has really a nice formulation. I, I lean towards Aquaya Skin because it has uh, branded ingredients, a lot of brand. So if you look at a supplement, and, and this is so challenging for people, how do they find a good quality supplement? Well, when you get one, it usually costs more money They that has branded ingredients. What happens is that those branded ingredients, we can we can look at its traceability and its purity and it's got third-party validations and it's got clinical studies on the active ingredient, that specific active um, product that they make. So I, I, I feel really better recommending some of these uh, uh, products with brand that have branded ingredients. Um, but I like those, those two products. I, I, in the book, it's interesting. I, I do mention products uh, because when I speak to consumers and when I speak to professionals as well, you know, they love the science. Great. This is a great biochemical pathway. Thank you so much. Uh, what should I do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, just, just, yeah. just tell me what to take. And, you know, I like to think that there's, again, I, I'm a believer in intelligent supplementation and the intelligent supplementation um, that comes after great food choices has to do with maybe understanding your nutrigenomics and why you might have an increased requirement because of um, how you genetically the SNPs you have, how you uh, uh, break down, how you absorb, how you transport nutrients, and whether or not you might need more of certain nutrients or less of certain nutrients because of your genetic variants that impact um, nutrition and these genes. And, and I think that's a fascinating area for people to explore. Uh, the company I uh, who's were, uh, whose uh, test I use called nutrigenomics with an X. And I think that's really fascinating. And, and, and I've, I've actually myself personally and people I've kind of coached and clinicians, there's a lot of information to be gleaned from that. And it can, it can um, look, you never make a diagnosis, a nutrigenomic diagnosis from looking at the genetic variants. But you take that with the history and a physical exam, you know, you know, we're the first place that nutrient deficiencies show up, particularly minerals, the mouth, the tongue. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, well before you see a red blood cell zinc or a red blood cell magnesium as a depletion in the bloodstream. So this is a, <laughs> I, I take my, have my aesthetic colleagues and I recommend they look in people's tongues and look at their tongues and mouths. And, you know, I can just imagine these patients say, you know, when I went to Dr. Smith for my Botox and uh, my filler, um, she looked in my tongue and the inside. And, and, I, and that's amazing. And she did that in order to check out my nutrient status. And uh, because now here's what Dr. Smith should be saying. We're going to be doing a procedure on you. It could be a minor procedure, like a laser procedure. It might be a more surgical one. And in order for you to get the best results, we need your tissues to be as healthy as they can be. And the ways we're going to do this are to make sure that you have the nutrients that your body needs before that procedure, during that procedure, and after that procedure. So 
this is um this is a mindset you know i i coined a term in the book called integrative aesthetics and um i'm really and i've got a course that i'm creating right now for both practitioners and consumers called inside skin beauty for practitioners it's a nine-hour course for consumers it's a six-hour one and it's divided into the strategies that we we really need to help on the professional side to help our patients if we're and if we are an aesthetic person, what do we do to promote skin health and beauty from the inside out? If we are an integrative functional person, what do we need to know about skin and how do we respond to the interest that our patients would have? And how do we use that as a motivator? I mean, it's a powerful why. It's a powerful motivator. You know, the same person, I, I will sit with someone who has an elevated A1C and you'll explain, okay, uh, you know, you're going to, you've got increased risk for heart disease and stroke because you're pre-diabetic and they go, okay, thank you. And then you say, and you know what, this is going to screw up your collagen and cause wrinkles and increase your likelihood of wrinkles, et cetera. Oh, well, maybe I'll pay attention to my um, my insulin resistance and the amount of sugar I eat. So I, again, I, I think this is a skin's the largest organ. People look at themselves all day long. This is an important aspect. And but I, I wanted to go a little bit deeper than just skin deep, because yeah. you know if you think about it, um, <laughs> radiance, glow, vitality, energy. Sure, it comes from the fuels that we take in, but it also comes with with our thoughts and our happiness and our meaning and our purpose and whether we feel grateful. So uh, I've seen a lot of people with some really bad wrinkles who are still magnificent and beautiful because they're they're beautiful from the inside as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that, you know, you've you've said so many, like, I mean, you've dropped a lot of jewels on us, you know, and just <laughs> what you've said, truly, you know, truly, I, I really, really admire you for your, for, you know, your ability to articulate so wonderfully, such important and very, very complicated topics, you know, at the same time, I think that, you know, there's a lot of value in understanding how your how the human body works because you know i was told a long time ago and this was you know back in the day when you know, i was in my master's program and i remember there was a there was a professor that came in right and this is it's not with nutrition directly but it, it makes sense um the first thing she said and you know back then i, I was intrigued because you know i was a female doctor and I, you know i was like really excited to hear her talk she started off the lecture by saying she was a cardiologist she started off the lecture saying the heart is the only organ that out of nowhere it starts it's the first beat comes from we have no idea where it just begins <clears throat> and once it begins it doesn't stop till you die unless you have some sort of you know obviously like a you know disease but when she said that it to me it stuck with me for so long why because there are phenomena that are occurring in our body that are still inexplainable. There, we cannot understand them yet. And when I look at something like nutrition, I very much uh, compare it to the things that we understand the least in med in modern medicine. You know, I mean, you talked about, for example, leaky gut syndrome, and then obviously the leaky skin. And I think that that is so 
interesting now that people are using these uh, terms so widely, because I still remember, you know, my father actually, his uh, line of work has been in the microbiome and also leaky gut and the, you know, metabolic syndrome and all that for his whole life. And I remember him telling me this stuff, you know, back when I was in college and Mm -hmm. at the time, no one was speaking of it. You know, it was unheard of. And, you know, the idea of metabolic syndrome and the idea of, you know, if you can't absorb the right amount of vitamins it doesn't matter how much you're taking because you're going to keep them out you know what i mean that kind of thing like these were concepts that i mean they were unheard of not only in academia but in you know obviously in academia um but then obviously in consumerism as well and it was like now you know when i hear you speaking of these things i it brings me joy to see that we're finally at a point now where you're you know people like you're able to spread this knowledge and really get consumers to understand that it's not a one size fits all you have to understand your body you have to understand how it works why it works the way it does in the limits that we have you know for the academic side and the scientific side we can tell you what we know you know (laughs) but it's it's also your job to really kind of want to know and it should not be based on you know dr tiger like you mentioned it shouldn't have to be that someone doesn't talk about their a1c till till you tell them that it can also (laughs) affect your college you know you shouldn't have to come to that but you're right you make a great point you know well, you've raised so many points. I want to pick up on just a few of them. Of um, course. And let's start with the heart. And let's go a little bit more um, out there into realms that, you know, maybe we we don't talk about very much. But, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on this concept of presence. One of my books, a couple of books back was called Enhance Your Presence. And I teach presentation skills and presence training to practitioners. And you're always at your, your presence is always at its strongest when you're sitting right eye to eye, close to a patient where the good doctor is attending. They are listening. They are leaning forward. They're engaged. They are uh, um, maybe even doing a mirror image of, of body language to to sh- to resonate. Now, let's go back to the heart because you can detect with sophisticated electromagnetometers the radiation, the the energy coming from the heart three feet away from the body. So, yeah. if you think about it, when you and someone else are in close proximity. Sure, if you're not wearing masks, and maybe you're going to pass, <laughs> pass some viruses. <laughs> uh, but but on the, the upside of that, uh, let's look at the positive, because this is, uh, we're going to stay positive here today. Um, you and that person's heart energy, the, their beat, the electromagnetic rays and energy coming off their heart are actually in juxtaposition. And there is yeah. a concept called coherence. And uh, it, it, it is essentially where you sort of sync up um, and your, you, your heartbeats and your resp- uh, um, respirations, you become coherent. Now, a lot of people have this with their pets, um, which is one of the, the ways that, that pets provide. And of course, your pets are sharing their microbiome with you. And uh, so <laughs> we talked about the microbiome. The other point that I want to raise in this, I, I've co-founded something called the Vegas Nerve Society, vnsociety.org. It's a 501c3. And 
it's dedicated to a, a piece of what you were talking about when you, you raised this, these issues with your dad and learning about the microbiome, that we are electrochemical beings. That's who we are. Yes. You started that discussion with the first beat of the heart, which is an electrical beat. Uh, and we've spent so much time on the chemical part of the equation in medicine. I mean, we've got chemistry and we've got pharmacological agents for all sorts of things that work on all sorts of fine little pathways in the body. But so much of what we do uh, is, is influenced by the vagus nerve and, and something called the inflammatory reflex. So how does the microbiome work? I'm sure it creates short, short chain fatty acids. And it creates all these neurotransmitters. Um, but these neurotransmitters, the serotonin, the dopamine, and et cetera, they don't cross the blood-brain bar barrier. They yeah. influence the vagus nerve to, uh, and ah, that's how curcumin works. So we, we, we see that this ability to sort of influence the power of rest and digest. The, I, I've talked about this for years. I mean, I've been a practitioner and a teacher of yoga and Tai Chi. And, and you know, I always advocate that we really want to be able to begin to harness the workings of our autonomic nervous system, the parasympathetic system. You know, now we've got hacks, okay? Shove your face in cold water, great, gargle. So much of it is breathing because we can affect heart rate variability. I mean, I, I was working with a good friend yesterday who's the head of an association, and he was so stressed out. I mean, I he just I don't think I don't think he <laughs> took in a breath for the first 10 minutes that we were talking. Oh no. And I, I just had to say, timeout, stop. Yeah. We're gonna do a simple um four, seven, eight breathing technique. We're going to breathe in deeply for four, hold for seven and exhale through our mouths for eight. And I need you to do this three times. Take your time and do it. And then we can have our conversation because uh, I needed him to harness the power of his parasympathetic nervous system, which is a heart rate variability. Now we've learned so much more about um, this. There are devices and there are ways that we can do a non-invasive vagus nerve stimulation. There are devices that work with essentially electricity that work on that primitive, you know, heart rate uh, uh, electricity that, that we go, that goes through our body. So I, I, I'm fascinated by that. We're learning so much more of that. Today, uh, I look at conditions. Uh, we've got some work in long COVID, which is, uh, you know, the the perfect storm for endothelial damage, for um, mitochondrial dysfunction, um, for vagus nerve damage, and vagus and and this maintenance of of the inflammatory response, uh, in which you are not closing off inflammation. So there's the, these, the resolve, there's a class of uh, compounds called resolvins. Um, yeah. One of them is PEA, palmitol ethanolamide. Oh, uh, yes. And, yes. And which is, uh, you know, I, I actually, uh, and again, full disclosure, I'm a uh, spokesperson for Enzymedica and they, they have a PEA plus with curcumin, but I've been really impressed that, uh, uh, 
it, how it works on the nervous system and there's lots of good studies and how it also works in, in uh, joint pain. Uh, which is uh, which is interesting, and combining that with non-invasive vagus nerve stimulation, how we can get a, a one you know synergy one plus one equals five, and that's what we look for. You know when you when you go to a integrative, functional, holistic practitioner, uh, they they're not. They're not uh, splitters. They're, they're lumpers. They're not looking at just one organ system. And we, you know, the traditional allopathic way is, well, you're here to talk about your kidneys. We can only talk about your kidneys. You're here to talk oh. about your lungs. We're only going to talk about your. If you've got a skin problem, that's someplace else. If you've got a GI problem, that's some. That's another specialist. So I think this ability to look across disciplines and have a very integrative approach. Um, I think that's, you know, that is in fact the future that plus personalization, plus personalized nutrition, nutrigenomics, some of the great advances we're making in longevity and the science. Oh, there's a lot of woo-woo stuff in longevity and there's a lot of hype and, you know, and I've never really liked the concept of anti-aging I like the concept that we're going to slow it down. I mean, it's going to win. Uh, aging is going to win. But we slow it down. We retain our, our, our vibrancy as long as we can. And these combined approaches to how we treat the whole person, starting with the foods we eat, intelligent supplementations. Then if you want to look good, you know, smear some good stuff on your face that's going to get in and be bioactive and, and work in, inside the, the skin cells and, you know, selectively have some biostimulatory procedures that, that kind of revitalize and encourage the skin to say, hey, wake up, let's be young again. So I think that's the prescription. Yeah, no, I, you know, there are so many things that you and I, I feel like could spend you know, a month talking about, you know, <laughs> I really, really do because I'm such a subscriber to this idea of, you know, energy is the next medical frontier. Understanding energy, understanding the energy that is being emitted by your organs, by your whole body, you know, as a whole in conjunction with everything else, that is the next frontier. It really is in medicine. I, I wholeheartedly believe it because there was a book, and I'm sure you're aware of it, Dr. Tiger. It was by Dr. Bruce Lipton, and he oh, yeah. used a, yeah, a very similar analogy. It's called Biology of Belief, and I read it very early on in my um, you know, academic career, and it he was discussing the brain very similarly to how you discuss the heart, and he literally said, he said, I believe that the mind is a magnetic field around the brain which is an anatomical entity. The brain is an anatomical entity and the mind is the non-anatomical entity. And it's very similar to how electromagnetism works. It's very similar to how everything else in nature, in the cosmos, how we know it to work, works. And I really subscribe to this kind of theory because, you know, as I do subscribe to what you said about the heart and, you know, when you're next to somebody else, you're intermingling with their energy. You know, there's a lot to be explored in these areas. And I think that by understanding or at least keeping an open mind, we're we're 
getting to new heights with enhancing our health as well as obviously our nutrition and you know what we do to like you know maintain it because you know you had brought up yoga also and that was another point I wanted to discuss with you was you know I think about a year ago there were some um articles that were published and it was about a certain yogi he's very well known i think now in the west as well but he is very um much a master of a specific type of yoga and it was um that they did some studies you know they used his uh techniques and they did some studies some clinical trials on people who had mental health disorders such as us uh, one of them was uh ocd and the other one was anxiety and i th- believe they did it for depression as well and they found that through mindful breathing and the breathing was not like you know breathe in once breathe out once no it was like hyperventilating for like a few seconds and then bringing mm-hmm. it was very specific techniques you know yeah. what i mean they found an actual like they did the neuroimaging and they did the actual analysis like you know psychiatric analysis and they found a decrease in symptoms of these patients after going through a month of this type of yoga i mean it was amazing reading this stuff i mean it was it was just like more validation you know it's like the ideas all come together i mean you keep seeing this stuff pop up you know you keep seeing this come up in medical journals or you know um people writing about it and i just for me, I think I get stuck as a consumer because I'm like, what is it going to take to convince the average person? You know, you got to think more holistically. You got to think uh, more broadly. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> this is fascinating because you actually brought up a number of things, starting with Kundalini yoga and and uh, yeah. the, these rapid breath, uh, breath. But, you know, the breath is central to life. I mean, and it is the manifestation of the electrical potential in the body. That's what the breath does. So uh, it, it, it's critical. But, um, you know, the points that, that you make are whether we're going to be reductionistic or whether we're going to be holistic. And you know, holism is such a wonderful concept. Uh, you know, it's it's just a... And I'm looking at my book, I'm sitting here, I'm looking back at my first book I wrote in the 70s called Whole Person Healthcare. And uh, this concept of the whole person, of of body, mind, spirit, you know, that's kind of what wellness sort of took off on. It took on body, mind, spirit. And the other point that you raise is what is it going to take for someone in the, in the book? I tell my story, a story of when I kind of got turned on in medical school to nutrition and lifestyle. And after I'd gotten hepatitis and I was really sick and I looked at my lifestyle and, uh, and I made some real major changes that have stayed with me for decades and decades and decades. And when I sit with people, I, I really, you know, as a clinician and working with clinicians, I say, what is it going to take to turn on the light within you? What's it going to take to get it, for you to get it? Um, you know, I had, I will tell you this wild story. This, uh, And you, you couldn't have made this up. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, not a long time ago, I'm in Las Vegas and I'm with my parents, you know, and, and uh, I, I'd been, you know, in practice then, and I'd, I'd worked a little bit. I was doing some radio and TV stuff and talking a lot, giving talks everywhere. And I'm in an elevator. And then there's, 
this, this young woman and her husband, and she's looking at me and staring at me like, okay, so I, maybe I look like some Hollywood actor. I don't know. Maybe who do I look <laughs> yeah. like? You know, somebody on, on a Seinfeld episode. I don't know. And then she goes, you, you're Dr. Tager. You, yeah. your book changed my life. And, and it was oh, like, wow. you could, <laughs> I couldn't have paid, you know, if I would paid her a thousand dollars to say this in front of my parents, I was young at the time, but mm-hmm. you know, it goes to the point that you never know when there's readiness for change. You know, it's so interesting because I, I did work with smoking cessation back in the day with Kaiser Permanente. And if you were to ask people, uh, ask doctors and say, how this is when around 33% of Americans were kind of smoking those days. And you say, how successful are you at getting your patients to stop smoking? They said, oh, I, can, I can't do it. I never, it doesn't work. I talk and tell them I'm blue in the face. It's not working. Then you go and you ask patients, what was the single, who stopped smoking? What was the single most important factor in your decision to stop smoking? And they say, oh, my doctor told me so. And so we don't often see these cumulative effects. We don't know when the power of our words or our gestures occur at a point in time when someone's open to making change. And, you know, we, we sit, we talk a lot about motivational interviewing and the, the why, you know, why are you here? Um, The why, Uh, and try to help people with, with their ambivalence, because, you know, in every person, there's ambivalence. There is, there are the forces that say, wake up now, get up, get up, exercise. And the other forces, "Ah, I think I'll hit my snooze alarm and a couple more times. And yeah, maybe I won't exercise this morning. So we, we want to try to tip the scale away from the negative uh, part and move away from ambivalence into positivity, into optimal health. And, and, you know, for anyone listening to this, I mean, this is, this is the central question of life. What's it going to take? Um, what can and will you do things differently? And unfortunately, you know, and I learned this so much this year, you know, with the, the pandemic for the last few years. I'm a New York City boy, and I grew a garden. And yes. uh I go out and I talk to my plants every day and I thank them for giving me the 5,000 phytonutrients that protect skin and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized, in fact, that, you know, personal growth is an analog process. It's an analog process. It's not digital. It's not all or nothing, off or on, all different tomorrow. It is incremental change and cumulative change. And that in our society today is really not what people want to hear, but really that's what it is. It's small decisions. You know, I don't eat the perfect diet. I have a grandchild and I will have a small piece of birthday cake. Um, I, but I like to think that 90% of my choices are based upon, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Now, this is what, if you get this concept, really internalize it, you'll never, you'll be different. And here's what it is. You know, our genes determine our preferences, you know, whether we like the taste of cilantro or whether it tastes like soap. 
whether we can handle uh, the lactose and milk or we can't, how we detoxify caffeine or alcohol. But the yeah. other really important point of that is the flip side of that, is that it the foods that you eat are turning on or off genes that yes. make proteins that either create health or illness. And, you know, maybe you that's what ultimately when we say eat for your genes, yeah, there's specific stuff, but really what you're doing is you are turning on and off genes. Now, the other thing you're doing is you are feeding your microbiome and what you eat um, contributes to what the bugs make and their metabolites and uh, dysbiosis and whether because you've got a certain diet, you've got imbalances in your gut microbiome and the bad bugs are predominating and the good ones are getting overrun. I mean, you'll always have you know a balance in your gut, but if you feed your gut right, you will make the short chain fatty acids that are critical for maintaining the lining of the GI tract, but also the skin as well. You will feed your your bugs what they need to create those neurotransmitters that go signal the vagus nerve to dampen inflammation and promote immunity and keep you your nervous system balanced and keep your brain happy. And uh, so all of this kind of comes together as the sum total of a lot of little choices that add up yeah. to really big effects. No, I love I love everything you said, and I and I completely agree with you. I think the small choices are really, you know, it's 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 like that age old concept, right, Doctor Tagger? It's like one step at a time, one day at a time. You know, you have to just you just go with it, you know, and one day you're going to find yourself in a different place. I always, you know, uh, like I told you, I have Hashimoto's very few yes. things are on my diet list. You know what I mean? In terms of what sure. I can eat, for example, no gluten, you know, no milk. I can't have dairy products, but you know, in the beginning, I remember it's, it's been a, you know, about a 10 year journey now, but I realized that, you know, in the beginning, even for the first two years, it was very difficult. You know, I grew up eating, you know, drinking milk. I, you know, I was born in India, raised in rural India for some time, you know, mm. and I drank milk, you know, every day I, sure. I grew up like any normal kid, milk and cookies, you know, and so for me to cut dairy out, to cut, you know, wheat and carbs and all these things, it took time and it took a lot of adjusting. And it wasn't just about diet. It wasn't just about, oh, I'm not eating this one thing. No, it was about what, you know, what you really talked about, which is this overall change, this mindset, this, you know, um, everything that comes with it. And I think to go on that journey, um, you learn a lot, first of all, I think about yourself um, and what you can endure and what you can do. But I think also you learn about your body and how it adapts. And I think once you start seeing that and you start seeing your body adapt and you start seeing how it works, like the machinery and how it really is, a, you know, a living, breathing, evolving entity, like on its own, like your cells, <laughs> you start yeah. to really see the power, you know, of everything that you've shared with us here and everything that you've written and your wonderful books and the, the teachings you've given. I mean, you start to see that there is something that is far more intertwined and holistic or, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, working behind the scenes. And you have to 
go on that personal journey. You yeah. know, you're going to soon you're going to find yourself like for me now, I tell my tell my fiance this all the time. I'm like, you know, back in the day when I was in school, you could not keep me from drinking one can of Coke or Pepsi mm-hmm. or Sprite mm-hmm. a day. Now I can't drink anything but water. <laughs> water is my, you know, everything. I drink water yeah. with meals. I drink it with everything. So, you know, it's diff- it's it's a it's a journey. It's you know, I, I, I want to unpack the one word in, in your story that our listeners should really take to heart. And the yeah. word is you, your. Because, you know, I, I never vilify any food or food categories. Uh, there is no one path. Now, if you have Hashimoto's and you've got immune dysfunction and you have sensitivities to certain foods um, and that is you and your path and your personalized journey. Now, it can be a different personalized journey for someone else for whom they don't struggle with milk at all. They don't get acne. Uh, they don't, it, it doesn't uh, upset their GI tract. There are uh, people who can eat gluten. Now, you know, 1% of uh, folks have celiac disease, another 5 to 6% have non-gluten, uh, uh, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Uh, but that means a lot of folks can eat gluten and yeah. do fine. So it, it is finding this out. And, and, you know, if I, if we think, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to train practitioners this and this uh, uh, Inside Skin Beauty course that, that what the information you need is you need your blood work and you need your diagnosis. Uh, you need to look at what medications people take because there are medications like statins that deplete CoQ10, which is critical for mitochondrial function and energy. Um, yeah. And there are other birth control pills and the B vitamins. Um, you need to look at um, food sensitivities. Now, the IgE ones are pretty easy to find. You get them right away. But the IgG sensitivities, this these delayed food reactions, you know, that's part of who you are and your food sensitivities, your genetic makeup, your microbiome. All of this comes back around to recognizing how unique you are. And, and I summarize this really simply. Um, you look in the mirror and there is no other person on this planet with the identical skin to yours and what you need internally for the foods you eat, the supplements you take, the topicals you apply, the procedures you choose to have, that's a unique path for you. And then we just got to find the right path. hundred percent. I love that. And just such wise words to round out this episode. I'm, I'm just such a fan of your work, Dr. Tagger, and you're such you're brilliant really my 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 <laughs> wife and my kids would would uh would would argue against that my dog might say okay you're brilliant when you feed me and uh the rest of the time you're okay but thank you it's, for those time job ones. you know it's their job right. my mom right. always tells me this about my father He's, she's like you know it's my job to keep your father grounded you Good. guys should love thank him you. though <laughs> perfect awesome but but no you've been wonderful and i've learned so much from you and i would um you know really really welcome you to come back anytime your t- yeah. you know your calendar allows and and for everyone listening 
you know, read, like, go back into this episode. This is one of those episodes on Skincare Anarchy <laughs> where you want to really study it. Really. I mean it. I mean, you want to go back, listen to Dr. Tager, talk about all of the different um, components that have been covered here because a lot has been unpacked. So yes. I really encourage all of you, go and, back, and, take some notes, you know. And, uh, you know, they can grab my book on Amazon, Feed Your Skin Right. Uh, they can follow me on social media, though. I'm, I, I don't do necessarily a lot, but sometimes I put some, yeah, I mean, I don't dance. I can dance. I don't dance. <laughs> uh, I mean, I did take uh, Martha Graham classes and Afro-Cuban back in the day, but that's a long, that's another story. So f- follow me at DRM Tager. Professionals hit me up on LinkedIn. And uh, this has just been a hoot. Uh, I, I really want to thank you. This has been uh among the more engaging podcasts I've done because uh, of your willingness to share who you are and uh, your knowledge of the field. And I, you know, I, I've really enjoyed this. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Tiger. That means the world to me coming from you. And I really hope everyone listening, you've gained um, as much knowledge as I have. Like I said, definitely, I'm going to be um, actually putting the covers of the books um, that ah, Dr. Dr. Tiger has written uh, as part of his feature. So please <laughs> keep an eye out for that. I'm going to be bugging you guys about getting his books. So, you know, there you just go. stay Thanks. tuned. Awesome. Thank <laughs> but, you. Thank Keep your eyes open for that. And I will tag um, everything that's relevant in the concept art for this episode. I really encourage everyone listening in to leave your comments, questions, if you have any. Um, And, you know, let's keep this conversation going. It's such an important one. You know, I mean, I can't stress enough that, you know, this is this is the kind of stuff we should be talking about more so, you know, more on the daily. So I really encourage you guys chime in, keep it going. And Dr. Tager, you are phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thanks. Great. Thanks. Okay, perfect.